Hello and welcome to Switzer Investing. I'm Peter Switzer and on tonight's show, we're Julia Lee looking at Altium. Altium's had a really big rise today because of a takeover offer. She also looks at TPG. She's selling Telstra, but she likes TPG. And a company called Independence Group, which is in the lithium space, and she likes that because of the electric car trend. Then, Adam Dawes of Shore and Partners. He also looks at Altium. Altium's a big story today on the market. Uh, Credit Corp is another company he likes, and Zero. He joins me in liking that company, Zero. And then Paul Rickard shares all the insights he's got about how you can get a tax loss and use it, or a loss you've made on shares, and use it to reduce, to reduce your tax bill. If you've never done this before, it's a really insightful look at how you can turn a rotten investment in a stock that hasn't done well and get that lost, you can carry it forward. If you can't use it this year, you can use it in the future. That's the show for tonight. Uh, so thanks for joining us, and let's kick off with Julia Lee of Learn Invest. Well, joining me now, as she does every week, is Julia Lee from Bourbon Invest. Hi, Julia. Hi, Pete. How are you doing? Good. Before we talk about some stocks, I want to talk about, I'm really happy that Altium's gone for a nice rise because you liked it, <laughs> yes. I liked it, and the market now likes it. Yeah, a takeover bit coming through from Altium. So the share's absolutely soaring today, up by more than 30%. And the takeover offer was at $38.50. It did get rejected by Altium, saying that um, it didn't realise the full value of the company. But prior to the today's bid, the shares were trading at $27. So a massive jump from $27 to trading at $37 on the market today. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen, Julia? What's your, your best guess? Yeah, they've re already rejected this bid. So um, I think the commentary was interesting. Our team was saying that, you know, that they have had bids in the, uh, bids before. And what it did was it did light a bit of a fire under that tech space because we know that the tech space has been under pressure. So those some of those companies that have seen big pullbacks, uh, the likes of uh, Newix um, was one of them and Affin, the shares doing really well on the market because of course, when shares fall so much, at some point they potentially become takeover targets as well, which is why sometimes it's so hard to short a stock um, because as the shares fall, it becomes more and more attractive sometimes to a private equity company mm. that might look at turn around, turning around the business or a competitor that thinks they could do better in that space. Yeah, I've always been arguing that eventually the value stocks that are really popular now will become expensive and people will look at tech stocks and say, hey, they look attractive. So it's kind of like what we've seen today is like an insight to when that might happen in the future. Absolutely. Um, and look, value stocks are still very much in. So having a, a look at the market and we are seeing a bit of rotation out of the banks, which have been doing so well into things like utilities, the property shares uh, and the energy sector is a, a key highlight with oil prices above $70 for the first time in a while. Mm. Will you be selling some stocks before the end of the financial year because of you know, the tax loss benefits? Uh, not so much tax loss uh, stocks, but we are rotating out of some of the uh, financial stocks, which have had a, a pretty good six months yeah. and moving into things that look like a little bit more value. I think a, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that uh, we'd sold Telstra, but TPG is looking quite attractive around these levels. So I'm looking probably more at value players where there's a bit more outside in store. Um, 
and uh, we bought some more seven holdings, which has been doing pretty well for us as well. So just topping up some of those stocks that have been doing well as well. Why do you like seven holdings? Oh, I think seven holdings is one of those ones where I think um, it's going to do quite well. It's It's got the Caterpillar business and of course the mining space is doing very well. It's got the Coates higher side of the business as well. So I think activity in terms of the mining and the industrial space is looking pretty strong. And then you've got all the infrastructure builds that are happening as well. So exposure to that. And of course, they've got that stake in Boral as well. Yeah. Um, what other stocks do you like at the moment, Joy? Uh, having a, a look across the portfolio, I think we talked about Grain Corp a couple yeah, of weeks ago at four dollars eighty. It's doing well. It's at five dollars twenty now. But look, I think the second half of the year is going to be great for Grain Corps. Despite all the mice, I think uh, the volumes are going to be much higher. And I guess the the mouse plague is a concern. But I think even despite that, we are going to see some good volumes of grains coming through. So Grain Corp's looking good for us. Our GED Holdings has been going well for us as well. Um, we've seen the miners with a little bit of a pullback, so a bit more volatility in terms of the mining space. Um, but just having a look at some of those infrastructure stocks, and they've been doing quite well for us as well. So Atlas Alteria, uh, Transurban have been doing well. It was interesting today on the market, the travel stocks saw quite a big pullback yeah. on the back of those um, Melbourne cases. We've seen 11 cases in the last 24 hours. So if you are interested in those travel stocks, we saw stocks like Webjet, Flight Center, Corporate Travel, all down around about 5%. We even saw C-Link down by about 3% and Qantas down by about 2%. Do, do they become a buying opportunity for the, the buy and hold sort of pe person? Because I figure in a year's time when I hope we're all traveling again, They'll probably bounce. Yeah, my view is that uh, not all travel stocks are created equal. I mean, just having a look That's at nasty, some of the. Julie, to say that. <laughs> Looking at the flight center stores, I mean, I like flight center's business, but so many of their stores have closed down mm. through the pandemic. So it's not the same size of business as it was pre-COVID-19. But I do like corporate travel as well as Qantas in those space. I think they're the two that are going to bounce back the quickest. Yep, that's right. Well, I've um, gone back to Qantas from Virgin because Jan Hardlicker hasn't even sent me a note to say, please stay. So I thought... Damn it, I'll go somewhere else. Um, uh, what about tax selling? You know, um, uh, a company like A2 Milk has really copped it. And this is not for you, but advising, you know, new investors who haven't been in the game before, and they might not be aware of the fact that you can sell a stock, you can materialise the loss. If you've got income over the period you've got to pay tax on, it can offset it. When you were a young investor, before you were a fund manager, did you used to do things like that? Make a, make a uh, sell some and then later on buy it in the next financial year? Oh, tax loss selling time is one of the most exciting times of the market, I think, if you're looking at potential short-term players, because we know that people do like to crystallise their losses before the end of the financial year. So stocks that have underperformed that are looking like strong value, which is a key theme that um, a lot of investors are looking for at the moment, do tend to underperform probably for the first two weeks of June, and then you start to see a bit of buying picking up 
towards the end of June and into early July. Mm. So because of that volatility, you can see some quite big uh, short-term moves, both on the downside as well as the upside, and that provides opportunity. I mean, just having a look across the stocks in terms of the market, we've already seen a few big movements. Um, having a look at Nanasonics, that's down 34% in the past year. The shares are down 5.4% in the past week. Uh, having a look across G8 Education, which is down about 15% in the last year, that's down 3.4% in the past week. So I already think that you are seeing that tax loss selling coming into play. And if you're a, a longer term or even a short term investor, this throws up quite a few opportunities in terms of the market. And Julia, what is the stock that you would hold? This is coming from left field. I was asked this on Friday at the webinar, uh, and the attendee asked me, what stock would I hold for 10 years? And I said, zero. Ah, this is a good question. Yeah. What, what would you hold for when, 10 years? Yeah, I think it's really important in terms of the market to think of it in terms of timeframes. Often we talk about diversifying across sectors and across stocks, but you can also diversify across timeframes. So looking at a short-term bucket versus a medium and a long-term bucket. And that long-term bucket, I think, is an interesting one. Usually what you're looking for is a structural trend in play that you can ride. And one of the key structural trends, which I think is going to really transform the way we drive over the next mm. decade, is this electric vehicle. I mean, the great thing is we are seeing lithium carbonate prices quite strong. So those lithium companies have been doing well. And usually when prices are relatively strong, you see a big supply response and we haven't seen that, which means that pricing is likely to still be strong over the next 12 to 24 months and it bodes well for the sector. So I think my pick would probably be Independence Group. It's transitioning from being a pure nickel and gold miner into lithium. So that transformation, I think, brings about uh, opportunities for uh, investors. And what's the ticket code for Independence Group? IGO. Great stuff. Good. Th thanks for joining us. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Pete. Become an annual Switzer Report subscriber and get unprecedented access to my seven investing principles where I reveal the exact strategies I use to invest. You'll get access to an exclusive PDF, video recording, and even a free copy of my book, Join the Rich Club. With a 30-day money-back guarantee, a Switzer Report subscription is one of the wisest investments you can make towards your future. Find out more at switzerreport.com.au slash YouTube offer or click on the link in the description below. Joining me now is Adam Dawes from Shore & Partners. Adam, great to see you, mate. Yeah, really good to see you also, Peter. How are you going today? Well, well, very good and very happy that Altium share price has gone up 30-odd percent considering that uh, we have been saying it's a really good company. I know a couple of weeks ago you supported me and Julia Lee did as well. So it's great to see that this show can actually point people in the right uh, the right direction. What do you well, know? That's <laughs> Go on, mate. That's why all the listeners actually uh, pay for all the uh, expensive, you know, subscriptions because basically, absolutely, the quality on this show is second to none. Great stuff. Yeah, of course, and you're a big contributor to that as well. Uh, <laughs> tell us, because the thing is this, they've made an offer, the company has said no. Tell us what you think are the various scenarios for Altium. Yeah, look, the various scenarios are that they basically turned around and said, look, this is unconditional. So already we know that this, this could be a bit of an issue going forward as far as that, um, you know, th there's a lot of water to go under the bridge for this one. 
I don't think directors will say yes to this. I don't think directors will even entertain this idea because Altium is a fantastic business. Now, the value today up 30% or so, I think this is where, you know, Altium needs to be. And this is sort of fair value for what the stock is. The stock has been sold off with all the tech sell off. And so they're taking an opportunity or looking for this as an opportunity going forward to, to get something at a cheap price. Yeah. Now, certainly the stock has rallied today. Let's fingers crossed, let's say it ho it holds this level because really this is a fan, yeah, it's a great business, good revenue. I'm really comfortable with it, but I don't think directors are going to sell at these levels. What's the price like compared to the all-time high for Altium? It's pretty close. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I looked at it today when the stock opened and, and it did come off a little bit today. But uh, yeah, I think we're sort of a dollar, dollar fifty off its all-time highs. So I think it's opportunistic where they sort of place the bid. It is very conditional. And we just need to be a little bit careful going forward and potentially don't get too caught up in the story because I've seen this before where you think it's going to you know, get sold or it's going, to, it's going to go ahead and then they all they obviously just disappear. So I'd just be a little bit cautious here, but I think it's, it's a fantastic business and it, look, it's moving in the right direction. Uh, a legendary stockbroker who I think you might have heard of in your lifetime, Rene Rifkin, uh, when I interviewed Rene many years ago. Many years ago. He, um, in fact, it was on Qantas Talking Business, which ultimately got him in a bit of trouble, Qantas. A lot of trouble, uh, yes. Uh, but he, he made the point that with takeovers, you know, you never ever su suspect that the first price is the last price. Correct. All right. Looking at this, do you think the fact that the directors quickly said no, that it's possible that Autodesk turns around and puts another offer in or someone else comes out of the woodwork, that can often happen too? Correct. So there's two ways to play takeovers. First thing is, is that there's the initial fire across the bow. Okay, so the initial bid comes through. Generally, that is going to be one of the best bids that you're going to get. So there's two ways to play it. One way is that you sell a little bit here on this price rise, okay, but still keeping a fair bit of your stock, depending on how much you've got. Mm. Because what happens is now there's going to be a lag of two, three, four, six weeks. And let's say bingo is a classic example of where the bid has come through. There's obviously going to be time and it's, you know, maybe two months later. The market does get a little bit soggy and, and, and gets a little bit tired of waiting for that next bid or potentially what's going to happen. Yeah. So it can be up to three months. So the first thing is you sell a little bit here and then, you know, it goes a little bit soggier. Then you can pick up a little bit more. But basically the other side of it is, and this is the second option, the other side of it is, is you, is you wait till the 11th hour. Yeah. And the 11th hour is basically can be up to two months later, three months later. And then that second bid or that potential other bidder might come in and then, you know, you're in a contest. Mm. Then you're in this thing that's just going to continue to go higher. So always with an IPO, always wait till that 11th hour before you, one, put your uh, form in to say, yes, I want to accept the bid or not. But then also don't take it at first value. Wait because they're potentially, and if it's a good quality business, there's going to be a bit of a bidding war starting to happen. And that's where you see the price starting to, to ratchet higher. Okay, mate, thanks for that insight. Now, I asked you to look at two companies that a lot of um, uh, subscribers have been asking about. One is AGL, and my initial, yep. my initial impression was, like, this is a company with a lot of problems. But they do have this demerger coming along. Does this demerger offer any hope that the AG, AGL share price might improve? 
So yes is the answer to that. However, placing that to one side, the, the CEO of AGL was, is, in, is instrumental in getting this business to where it should be as far as the demerger. He announced the demerger and then a week later, basically he got, he got sacked or he left the business. Oh. Now you can't have a business where they're going through a transformational uh, regeneration of what's happening inside of the business and then the CEO decides to leave. So I'm very, very cautious about AGL because one, it doesn't have a head, uh, it doesn't have a run. No one's uh, no one steering the ship. Yeah. No one's steering the ship at the moment. And you need that person that's been in there for a long time to steer that. So yesterday merger is going to unlock some value, but you need the leader there to unlock that value as well. So I'm very cautious on AGL. It might be a good one to potentially look at tax loss selling. Now, I'm not an accountant. Please seek professional advice before you do anything inside of this. But what I would say is, is that AGL has got a lot of troubles and there's something that we don't know. There's something that's happening behind the scenes because I think it was the CEO and CFO got basically moved on in the same day. So there's issues with the board going forward on that transformational business. Yeah. When question marks are there you're speculating if you want to go long a stock like that. Next one Correct. is Tyro. Tyro was a victim of the the, uh, the Viceroy hedge fund, I think, unfair report. It also had its problem with its uh, terminals. Um, and people are asking, you know, is Tyro a company of the future? My, my personal view is I think so, I'm holding it. But what you, what's the, the industry view? Yeah, I agree with you, Peter. I think this is absolutely a cracker of a business. And every time you do a transaction, when you tap your card, they're the ones in between the tapping of the card and the banks talking to each other. Mm. So it's a fantastic business. I think this overall is is one that you should have a look at your portfolio. It is, uh, you know, it's not safe, but it's certainly one of those ones that I really like as a business going forward. Mm. It has that infrastructure like APA, like Transurban, it is the infrastructure that is needed to connect those payment players together. And certainly Tyro, I think, is, is a very, very good business. And I think it should do well over the longer term. Okay, mate. Now, you've, you've su suggested to me two companies that you've got on your radar screen at the moment is CCP. What, what company is that? So that's Credit Corp. Yep. So Credit Corp did well, you know, post-COVID or during COVID due to the fact that people uh, aren't or, or will not be able to pay their bills. Mm. Okay, so now Credit Corp rallied really, really hard and has done very, very well. It's now sort of hit its peak and now starting to come off a little bit. I think with all of these snap lockdowns, with all of these um, variants that we're seeing in COVID, that this is something that you should now have a look back into your portfolio and have a bit of a look at because Credit Corp is one of those ones and it, and it took over its biggest, biggest uh, competitor uh, about six months ago, took it out for sort of, you know, I don't know the actual number, but it actually it actually did very, very well. I think Credit Corp is one to put back in, into the sites of the portfolio. Have a look at that one with these. Is, 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 is right for consolidation, but also moving higher. Okay, your other company was Altium and we've covered that. Now, yeah. um, we, we do want to talk about, because we're getting close to the end of the financial year, and I asked, I asked you about tax selling. Um, and, and I, you, get, you brought up a classic example, A2 Milk is a company that I like because its share price yeah. is unbelievably low. I've, I've often thought it could be a potential takeover target. But yeah. um, my question is, 
if you sell it to realise your loss, to use it to reduce your overall tax on your, on your investing, is it wise to wait till July to buy it again or should you buy it maybe just before July? Because a lot of people would probably sell in June and buy these stocks back in July. So should you just maybe buy on June 30? Now, it's not advice. I know it's not advice, but you're Correct. But watching the history of what goes on. I would have thought lots of stocks that get sold off in June discover friends in July. Is this a, a pattern? Yeah, absolutely it is. And you've got to be a little bit careful because you don't want to be selling it one day and buying it back the next. Because, you know, the ATO is very, very aware of how you can wash things through the portfolio or, in fact, sell it on June 30 to buy it back on July 1. Yeah. So they're very, very aware and cognizant of what's going on. I think you'll start to see, and even A2, A2 Milk's had a little bit of love over the last coming couple of days. Mm. Just it's just green, not saying love, it's just a little bit of green yeah. on the screen every day. So I think there's potentially a little bit of positioning or portfolio positioning for, for clients. You know, you've got to be a little bit careful with this, this whole sort of tax loss selling going into that. I think if you were going to do A2M, I think it will start to find some friends in July. It's been one of the worst performing stocks on the ASX 200. It's, it, it has absolutely been hammered mm. and potentially rightly or unrightly, we, we've talked about it on this show plenty of times. I think this one is one that you could definitely have a look at. This is one that you think, you know, you put it in the bottom drawer, give it a couple of years. I think it should do very, very well. The other one is TWE. Mm. You know, we, we've seen this Treasury Wines also. Now it's ramped up a little bit over the last coming couple of weeks. But that one also has been hit very, very hard and has struggled to maintain that sort of momentum going forward. So don't just do it to wash the stocks through. Look at it as an overall portfolio and the advantage that you get from those portfolios and holding on to stocks for the longer term. Now, if you need to take a loss, then certainly there are AGL, A2M, TWA, classic examples of taking some loss over the, over the, over the shorter term. Yeah, and TWA will benefit if eventually Canberra and Beijing kiss and make up. That's when that will happen? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure it will one day. And secondly, uh, A2 Milk will benefit from when we can all travel internationally, Chinese students come back, Chinese tourists Correct. come back. But that might Correct. be a year. So you just have to realise it, it might be a year before that actually happens, but the market will probably jump in six months before that. Correct. Absolutely. So get set on that one. Yeah. Maybe July 1st, get set on that one. Okay, mate. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the program. Of course, no, this is advice. This is just brilliant financial education based on our long experience in the, in the industry. One last Your one. long experience, not mine. Okay. Your long right. experience. That's nasty. One last one. One last one. About a year or so ago, before they closed the Your Money channel down, you and I were both on a, on a panel and they asked we us the, for the stock that you wanted to hold for 10 years. I went for zero and you went for? Blue Scope Steel. Yeah, and, you, and we've both done well, so we can boast about that. Yes. But on Friday with our, we, uh, our webinar for the Switzer Report subscribers, a, 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 a webinar attendee asked me the same question and I went for zero again and Charlie Aitken kind of raised his eyebrows um, and I'll get stuck into Charlie over that. But I do Absolutely. think I do think zero is going to be a company that's just going to get bigger and better over the over its lifetime. Do you, do you agree with that? I agree. I mean, absolutely. Zero has done some fantastic work. It has 
you know, been a little bit soggy with this tech sell down, but we didn't get to see it below $100. Yeah. So, you know, yes, it has done very, very well. They, they, in fact, they bought a business uh, about six months ago, which is about sort of uh, getting short-term loans inside of clients' portfolios. Mm-hmm. And because Zero knows all of your details, knows exactly how much you're making, where your assets are, they can then use that information or that AI data mm-hmm. to then turn around and go, hey, you, you know, you could get a $20,000 loan if you need this new machinery or you need these new things. Yeah. This yeah. is the kind of thing that Xero will then expand its database and expand its business. It's not just in Australia, it's the UK and the US that are doing very, very well. Yeah. I think Xero yeah. is a fantastic business. Finally started to make some revenue and some profit just a couple of months ago, or in fact, six months ago. So yeah, I, absolutely. I think Xero is one of the ones for the future. Yeah. And I must admit, I'm, going back to Tyra, I'm happy I'm seeing their advertising um, their, their services to small businesses. Mm. And they are a bank as well. So I, I think there's so much yeah. potential for both those two companies. Mate, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Have a great day. Same to you. Up now is Paul Rickard from the Switzer Report. We thought we might just run through some important things you should need to know before the tax year ends on June 30. Paul, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Peter. A lot of people have never played this game before, investing, could be watching, and what can they do with the money, the stocks that they've lost money on this year? Yeah, we've probably all got a couple of those. It is time to sort of have a look at what I describe as the dogs in your portfolio, or those that you, uh, you're you not too confident about. And, and it's always good in some ways to, uh, you know, start with a fresh page, get rid of the rubbish, and at least... Uh, you know, you can look at something from scratch again. And even if you really like a stock, you can always buy back in again if you, th- if you subsequently prove wrong. Yeah. Look, the most important thing, of course, is that uh, potentially there's a capital loss there. Uh, and capital losses can be used to offset capital gains. Now, you can't actually just claim a loss by itself. You need to have a gain first. But if you've got some losses in your portfolio and you've you bought taken- it 10,000 is now only eight, you've lost only two eight, grand. You've got two grand, yeah. Um, and you've got other stocks in a gain situation, well, or you've taken gains throughout the year, maybe it might make sense to actually crystallise your loss and, uh, mm. and use it up. So now, if, you, if you made, say, five grand and you lost two, two from five means you only pay tax on three. Yeah, and you'll pay tax at your mm. marginal tax rate. So potentially that's as high as, uh, as 47%. Of course, if you've held an asset for more than 12 months, that's discounted. But mm. it's still you know, giving them some money to the tax man, and I encourage you to do that, but most people will probably say they've got better things they can do with it. Yeah, so legally reducing This is legally reducing it. Now, if you do have losses and you can't use them and you have crystallised losses throughout the year, uh, don't forget about them because you can carry them forward indefinitely until one day when you make that gain situation. But most people, as we come into 30th of June, mm. will go through their portfolio, look at stocks in a loss situation, and think pretty hard about whether... Yeah, really, you should uh, you do something now. That's one of the reasons a lot of the stocks that have been under pressure this year, I think, will struggle to rebound in the last couple of weeks in mm. June, simply because you get some tax loss selling, and then in July again, people can uh, start afresh again. Yeah, I might sell my A2 milk and, and then think about buying. Yeah, that, again, but can I do that? Can I sell and then buy maybe yeah, in July? Yeah, it, it's a good question, Petty. Yes, you can. In fact, you can sell and actually buy straight away. Can I mean, you? you're probably advised not to because. <laughs> They've got to be bona fide transactions. So, you know, if you're going to sell something and, okay, admittedly, you know, five seconds later, you can have a change of mind. Oh, but yeah. The tax office might say that's a bit strange, yeah. but perfectly legitimate to, to sell it one day and wait a couple of weeks and buy it back. And, uh, you know, and again, what's one of this, I think 
um, one of the cardinal sins for investors not taking a loss when you should. Yeah. And I know that when I finally get around to taking a loss, eight out of the 10 times it proves to be right. Yeah. And it is quite cleansing, right? You yeah. can actually say, oh God, I'm out of that. Yeah. But if you, if you do decide you really liked it, you can always buy back again. Yeah. And, uh, and in some ways it's much better to have a lower a cost base. You don't feel as much pressure. Yeah. Well, let, let's imagine you, know, you, you have lost money on A2 milk. And a lot of people look as a quality yep. company. It's just gone through a tough time. Um, and, and for example, you sell, you, you got the loss there. But you might wait to see the uptrend, and then you get in on the uptrend, you, and you may well get seven, eight, ten, twenty percent. I think that's another comment that you make repeatedly, Peter. It's very hard to catch, pick the bottom, and yeah. we talk about the falling knife syndrome. Yeah. And uh, AT Milk and you know, Newix and a couple of others have been an AGL. Mm. They've all been subject to the falling knife syndrome this yeah. year. Wait for the bottom, the bottom stone sense. I think there's almost a bit of a bottom sensing on A2 milk, but wait for it falls, and yeah. that's when you buy back in when you're pretty clear that it's, yeah. uh, you have yeah, to. When they like it, they'll really like it. Yeah. yeah. All right, Paul, what about super and contributions? What's your favorite? Yeah, I think that's the other thing to do. Um, and I, 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 We're doing it now, Peter, because it's actually only 24 days until the end of the financial year. Who's counting? Yeah. Some people think that's important. Accountants think that's important sleeps. But for super contributions, they always take time. They've got to be receipted in your fund before the 30th of June. Okay. And if you're an industry fund, you know, a lot of them have got windows or, and platforms and they've got closing dates and they'll bring that forward. So you really need to start acting now. Uh, if you're on salary sacrifice, I'd be really keen to check how much you've done on head the salary sacrifice, got, yeah. how much headroom you've got. And remember that for anyone under um, 65, or under 67 I should say, there's always this personal tax deductible contribution you could make. Now, that is uh, what's called a concessional contribution, and it's the difference between what your employer puts in, that's the 9.5%, what your salary sacrifice, and anything on top of that, mm. less 25,000. So let's example, your employer's put in $10,000, mm. your salary sacrificed $5,000, Potentially, there's still another $10,000 you could contribute to super and get a tax deduction this year. Mm. Most important thing is you need to get it into the fund before the 30th of June. And there's also a form you've got to fill out, which is a, what's called a notice of intent to claim a tax deduction. Your fund's got to get that. You can get that from your fund's website. Mm. But that means you could actually save tax this financial year. Yeah. So uh, don't forget about those what are called personal contributions that you claim a tax deduction for. And what about government help? Yeah, there is government help, the old co-contribution. Now remember, this is something that Johnny Howard introduced. Yeah. It used to be $2,000, it's down to $500. Uh, this could be fantastic if you've got, a, say, a low-income spouse or uh, you may be feeling like a particularly benevolent parent or grandparent yeah. Yeah. and you want to help uh, you know, a grandchild or a child. Um, they've got to be working. That's mm. the most important thing. And they've got to have income. The threshold's about $54,000. Mm. But potentially, if, if they or you make a contribution on their behalf of $1,000, the government can kick in another $500. So. The key Especially thing, for part-time workers yeah, who are I mean, often look, under that, that 54. Look, I'm a fantastic dad, Peter, as we you know. know and uh, when my kids were at uni, they're a bit older now, yeah. uh, doing part-time work. This is a great way to boost their super. I put a thousand bucks into their super, government would kick in another $500. So there are, some, there, there are some thresholds. As I said, there's some income tests, uh, generally you know, under about $54,000, and they've got to have employment income. So uh, if you've got a spouse or a kid who's not working, mm. they won't qualify. Yeah. But a great way to boost, the, boost uh, get the government a free kick for yeah. their, their super. 
And also there's a spouse tax offset. So if you've got a, a, a spouse uh, whose income is less than $40,000, potentially you can get the tax offset of up to $540. So make a 3,000 contribution to their super, you get a tax saving of $540. So okay. check those out, things to do before the 30th of June. One last thing. And you can read all about this in, in, in our report. In the report. One last thing is also, people can play catch up if they haven't been putting their super in for five years? Yeah, that's, well, it's, it will be five years, but it's actually only the last two, for, it's actually three financial years now. Right. So um, this is the so-called catch-up uh, contributions. And this, you're right, Peter, this is a really great idea yeah. that the government introduced, particularly targeted uh, mums at, at, home at, at women. Yeah. Not exclusively, anyone can use it. Yeah. But uh, the only qualification is if your super balance is less than half a million dollars. Yeah, so if you're above that, you that don't qualify. And if you haven't been able to get the concessional contributions in uh, since the 2018-19 financial year, you can make a big one-off contribution this year and get the tax deduction this year. Yeah. So uh, have a look at catch-up concessional so contributions. Maybe 25 grand you, you can put potentially in. You can if put it's in two years, you can put 50 potentially grand. Potentially you could get in up to $75,000 this year yeah. uh, and claim a tax deduction. So it depends what you put in. So a generous father like you could give their daughter or son 75000 and they get a, big, a massive tax deduction. Well, a, an extraordinarily generous um, father yes, or, or, or mother might help their adult child. But yeah. uh, look, for, for lo again, look, uh, you can read all about this in the, in the Switzer Super Report. Um, and uh, mm. look, all the details there, but time to act because uh, don't leave it to the last minute. And this is a reading about tax and superannuation that won't put you to sleep. Thanks, Paul Rickard. Thanks, Peter. Become an annual Switzer Report subscriber and get unprecedented access to my seven investing principles where I reveal the exact strategies I use to invest. You'll get access to an exclusive PDF, video recording, and even a free copy of my book, Join the Rich Club. With a 30-day money-back guarantee, a Switzer Report subscription is one of the wisest investments you can make towards your future. Find out more at switzerreport.com.au slash YouTube offer or click on the link in the description below.